Alright, tonight is my father's yard site, so I want to dedicate our uh, story to his neshama. His name is Rav Yehuda Ayaleib Ben Ramorchai Alevi. Shachayim l'chayim, Hashem Shalom Aliyah. Yikuta better for all of his descendants, their families. B'seich Klal Yisro. L'chayim l'chayim v'roch. So, we all know the uh, famous joke that the Shlomiel pours the soup on the Shlomazel. And uh, the Nudnik asks, what kind of soup was it? But uh, I want to uh, say some things in defense of the Nudnik. And perhaps we should, there's a lot to learn from the Nudnik. And uh, it's very consonant uh, with tonight. Tonight is the Yard Sedreb Marash, who taught us that not only is the conventional way of doing things the right way, and sometimes things, the Marash taught that uh, although the world says if you can't go under an obstacle, then only then should you, should you try to go over the obstacle, Ramash says you should go straight over, which means that we're always in Hashem's domain. We're always in the presence of Hashem. And just like when Hashem issues the commandment, there's no limitation that Hashem's commandment will be fulfilled. And therefore, that's how it's supposed to be in this world as well. We're supposed to feel absolute joy and absolutely uh, empowered to do whatever Hashem asks us to do. Therefore, we don't have to only do things in a certain limited way. So here's the first story. I don't have permission, I didn't ask permission from the person uh, who shared the story with me to use his name. Therefore, I will not say his full name. Uh, story is like this. There's a Jew named Pinchas who was a scuba diver. Not only was he a scuba diver, but he also uh, was a scuba diver instructor. And he came from a family that wasn't that religious, but traditional. And he taught someone from Manhattan how to scuba dive. And because he opened up, if you will, the whole underworld to this man, he felt this this, this man from Manhattan felt very indebted to Rapinchas. And he told Pinchas, if you ever come to New York, I will show you New York the way New York is meant to be seen. So Pinchas was excited about this opportunity. And he ended up taking a trip out to New York. And he's very excited to meet his friend. He's from Israel. He's very excited to um, to uh, go to New York and to see his friend. But also, he had something else in mind when he went to New York. When he grew up, he had this picture of the Rebbe in his dining room. And on the picture, there was the address of the Rebbe Synagogue, 770 Eastern Parkway, 11213. And so he always wanted, when... Eventually, one day, he will uh, go to New York. He wanted to see what 770 looks like. He's always growing up, but with knowing what this address, he wanted to see what this address looks like, even though he wasn't that religious. And so he comes to New York, he comes to JFK, and he, his first stop, arriving JFK, is to 770. He goes to 770, and sure enough, uh, he's very excited to be there, and he puts on tefillin. Someone helps him with tefillin, and then he, after he puts on tefillin, he goes to the subway to go meet his friend in Manhattan. And before he goes down the steps of the subway, he, um, Rose, you want to come down? Before he goes down the steps of the subway, this yeshiva student comes over to him and says to him, hey, where are you going? He says, I'm going to Manhattan. It's great. I have this five-star hotel I'm going to be staying in. It's really exciting. Want to meet my friend? We're going to see New York. So I was telling the yeshiva student how great and excited he is to be there. The yeshiva student says to him, "I have a better idea." 
See, this is 770 Eastern Parkway. Across the street down there is 749 Eastern Parkway. That's where the dorm is. So all the yeshiva students stay there. I don't really have a bed for you, but I have a mattress I could put out for you. We have, we have three bunk beds in this little cube, little tiny room. And I'll put a mattress out for you. You'll be able to sleep on the floor. It'll be, it'll be great. You'll have your own mattress. It'll be great. No one will bother you. It'll be beautiful. And the guy's like, listen, thank you very much for the mattress, but I'm going to Manhattan. I have a five-star hotel. The boy's like, no, no, no. It's Shabbos. It's Shabbos. You want to be in 770. You're, you're here. You're from Israel. You're visiting. You're not going to go to Manhattan. You're going to go to 770. Here is 770. Here's 749. Okay? The guy says, no, thank you. Very politely, but this Shiva boy was a classic nudnik, and he did not give up, and he kept on asking. And the boy and the man Pinchas realized there's no way to get out of this guy. There's no way. So he finally has to say, "All right, no problem. I, I okay, get it. Seven 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 forty nine. All right, I know where to go. Great." The Shiva student again was a real nudnik, so he says, "Listen, you said you're coming back, right?" He says, yes, I, I told you I'll come back. 749, I get it. 770, I get it. I'll, I, I'll be back here. The boy says, well, give me some collateral to prove that you're actually serious. <laughs> collateral? <laughs> what do you want? He says, listen, you, you say you're going to come back, so, so put, put, put uh, something down that shows that you're actually serious. So this guy has a little bit of a dilemma. He wants to get rid of this boy in a polite way. So he has this old credit card in his pocket. He gives the boy the old credit card. He says, ah, Here's a credit card. Yes, I'll be back. 749, 770. It's an old, worthless credit card. The boy is happy. Pinchas is happy. And he's now able to go. And the trip that he's been waiting for, he goes into the subway. And on the way to Manhattan, he wants to stop off at this ATM machine so that he could take out some money for this great trip. He goes to the ATM machine and takes out his credit card. And he realizes he didn't give the boy the old worthless credit card, he gave him his credit card. What's he going to do now? So he um, <laughs> he has no choice. He has to go back to 770. But the thing with nunics are, is that nunics are like are like parking spaces. You know, when you don't need a parking space, and there's plenty of space, and all of a sudden you need one, you can't find it. So so this Jew, this who had taken his credit card, is nowhere to be found. How is he going to describe him anyway? He's going to describe him with the guy with the black hat and the and the black coat and the and the glasses and there's no <laughs> the nunik is gone, so he's, but he has to get his credit card back. So he stays in seven seventy, and lo and behold, he stayed in seven seventy, and he felt something there. He felt the holiness. You can go to the Kotel Hamaravi, you can go to the Western Wall and not necessarily feel it. You can go to seven seventy and not necessarily feel anything, but he did. He felt very connected to that space. He felt the presence of the Rebbe. He felt very touched. His neshama was very stirred being in being that, in that, that holy place. And he actually decided he's going to become religious from that Shabbos. And he told me that the best Shabbos in his life that he ever had before or after was that Shabbos. And that Shabbos was like the Shabbos. But think about it. This Shabbos is all to the credit of this nudnik. Had the nunik, if I would have given this nunik advice, I would have told him, don't leave the guy alone. But the nunik didn't do that. And the reason the nunik doesn't do that is because the nunik has something in his neshama that senses something. And he, even that Pinchas doesn't sense, but the nunik senses that there's some kind of soul connection there. He spoke from the heart. He didn't look at the limitations. And from his soul, he touched Pinchas' soul. And today, 
Pinchas is living in California with a family, with children, and I won't say the word happily ever after because there's always ups and downs in life, but he really, really, um, his life was transformed because of this nunnik. And therefore, being a nunnik has its place, and what I mean is that sometimes you ask someone to do something uh, in their Judaism to grow, and they're not ready for it, and they may be abrasive about why they're not ready for it, and that it shouldn't deter you. It shouldn't, as it says in the Torah, don't look at the outside. That's the first I wanted to share. And I want to share with you also a second story. I just heard this story today. It's printed in the, the Hair Magazine. It's a fascinating story. And uh, the story is about the very large Chabad family, Bosovsky. The um, patriarch of this family is a certain Rebbe Zalmolovkovsky, Zalmolovkovsky was originally studying in a yeshiva called Tervadas in New York. That's actually the yeshiva where my grandfather studied. And like, like my grandfather, uh, Zalmolovkovsky met um, Rabbi Sol Jacobson. Rabbi Sol Jacobson was a chassid of both the previous Rebbe and our Rebbe. And he would go to the yeshiva Tervadas and he would give a Tanya class. And the uh, those running the yeshiva were very happy to have this Tanya class there. This was <coughs> quite some time before the, the war, and there weren't yet any of the more famous uh, uh, Litvish or yeshivas that had joined the yeshiva, and therefore they were very happy to have this Hasidic influence and gave the, the boys some inspiration and direction. So there was Yipsal Jacobson who was giving Tanya classes, and there was also another man who was called the Malach. The Malach... Um, he, he basically also was connected to Hasidus. He had certain customs. They called him the angel, the malach, because he had the custom of wearing his tzitzis on top of his coat, and he had long payas. He had certain customs. And he also ha- had some kind of Hasidic dynasty, not Chabad. And uh, he also was, was encouraged by the um, Hanhala, by those running the Yeshiva Tervedas, to come there and share with the boys in Yeshiva. And, and Zamlavkovsky was connected to the path of the Malachim, the path of the angels. They called them the angels again because they were so different to America and the United States and, and growing up then at that time when, when people weren't, uh, what there wasn't, wasn't common at all to be, um, you know, grow a beard and, 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 and to wear, be so overtly religious. So Zalm was very connected to them. He did manage to visit the previous Lubavitch Rebbe one time. Uh, it was actually our Rebbe who was, uh, deciding who was out to visit the, Rebbe, the previous Rebbe or not, and not, and he, when Zalmukovsky wanted, wanted to see the previous Rebbe, it was the Rebbe who brought him in. Anyways, so the Malachim didn't have a shul of their own for quite some time. They would uh, pray at some uh, little pillish shtibel, little small little synagogue, but eventually they got some money together and they purchased a synagogue in Williamsburg on a on Hughes Street, and uh, Zalman, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Zalman, uh, was married for 11 years, and he had this custom that he would go to his shul on Thursday nights, and he would study Torah on Thursday night in the shul of the Malachim, because he identified as a as a Malach. I think actually, if I remember correctly, there's a, there's a tape, a one for bringing, the Rebbe says, Zalman the Malach, Zalman the Angel, the Rebbe says, Selachayim. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Zalman is in the shul one Thursday night in the year 5712 in 1952. The Rebbe comes out of his room that same night, Thursday night, 
and the Rebbe walks into the shul, and the Rebbe says that there is a shul in, Bar- in Williamsburg called Nesive uh, Shalom, and this shul, um, in this shul, the Rebbe said, there are... There are Yungalite, there are young people there studying Torah there, and it'll be worthwhile, Rebbe said, to encourage them to um, to bring them closer to Chesiz Chabad. Nesivas Eilam. Name of Nesivas Eilam. There's a shul there, and it'll be worthwhile to go bring those in this in this uh, in this shul closer to Chesiz Chabad. That's what Rebbe said. So who was present there? One of the one of the yeshiva students that was present there was Rabbi Moshe Gurkov, the Rebbe's Rabbi Moshe Gurkov, the Rebbe's emissary to Boston, Massachusetts. He is a fiery chassid in his own right, and had many many um, unusual missions that ever gave him. And he was discussing with some other chassidim there. The Rebbe said those words. The Rebbe turned around and never walked out of the synagogue. So they're thinking, does this mean now? It was already eleven o'clock at night. Should they go now to Williamsburg and try to find this? this, this, this find this shul and try to speak to those boys there? Like, what does Rebbe mean? And they came to the conclusion, if Rebbe came out then and said this now, they shouldn't make any calculations, they should go right now! That's what they did. They got in a bus, Zalman and another friend of his went together for a 15-20 minute bus right to Williamsburg, but they didn't know where they're going to Williamsburg. And they come to Williamsburg, it's almost midnight, and they're, you know, they're doubting themselves. They ask people walking the street, do you know where the shul is in the Siva Salem? They don't know where the Siva Salem no is. No one knows where the shul is. They're about to give up. Uh, as about to give up, they meet one more person. And they say, oh, yeah, you mean the, the shul of the Malachim, the shul of the angels? Yes. It's on Hughes Street between uh, Lee and, and, and Marcy. That's where the shul is. And, and you'll know if it's, if it's open or not. If, if the light's on, go, it, it might be open. So they go down to that shul. And Zalman Bosovsky is in the show, and he sees these people entering, and he's intrigued. He greets them, he welcomes them, he's intrigued. Why these people here so late at night? And he started talking to them. And they're talking, and they're learning, and they're discussing, and they sit there till 3 or 4 in the morning. Now, the, uh, the custom is that, um, not the custom, but it used to be, that in yeshiva on Friday morning, the uh, in Chabad yeshivas, the morning early Hasidus class was very weak. And the Rebbe himself was one who encouraged yeshiva students to make sure to attend that specific class because people are up late on Thursday nights and therefore they, they aren't so careful to go to that class. And that was the one who encouraged that class specifically. So Moshe Gurkov was always careful to go to that class. But, you know, that night he's at the 3 o'clock in the morning, so he doesn't come to the class. He comes late, comes at 8.40. And who does he see at the entrance of 7.70? He sees this guy with, with, with a hat up and the tzitzis. Hey, aren't you that guy that I met last night in that show in Williamsburg? He says, yeah, we had a discussion. I want to continue the discussion. And from that discussion, there are today hundreds of Losovsky grandchildren and great-grandchildren who are all in the following the path of Hasidus Chabad, all because of those words of the Rebbe that there are Yungolite, there are young people in this shul, and it's worthwhile to bring them close to Hasidus Chabad. So, but it, what, when the miracle wasn't that the Rebbe said it and with the Rebbe's divine inspiration, the miracle was was that Amesha Gurkov and his friends, they 
they went in Chathil Riba, they didn't make any calculations. They said, this is what the Rebbe's words are, this is what we're going to do, and they didn't think twice. It doesn't mean you have to do things in a specifically uh, uh, going down a one-way street the wrong way, which actually today you have to thank Hashem, because today is the day where about uh, over 20 years ago, my brother and I were driving to New York, and I made the mistake of telling my brother to go down the wrong way on Kingston Avenue, and unfortunately, it was a three-car accident. Baruch Hashem, no one was hurt. And um, and so when, when we say to go straight over all limitations, going straight over all limitations doesn't mean to, um, to go down the wrong way of a one-way street. But it does mean is that we shouldn't make calculations and we should speak from the heart and speak from the neshama and not, and not judge the way people look on the exterior and say, this, this, this person is able to do this, this person is able to do that. And the same as with ourselves. We shouldn't limit ourselves to what we could do and we can't do. Tonight's the Shpizna Remarash, Shpizna Vyesavat Sadik. So we go beyond limitations. The one that the Rebbe wants from us, especially now, the call of the hour is in simcha, in joy, and in dancing, and happiness. So And we should absorb and internalize and spread the joy, the joy of this Yantiv until the Karav Mamish. The see tonight, Mashiach Zakenu, Shalim Akesh, Baharakesh, Chaim Chaim Rach. Any questions or comments? Chaim, Chaim, Chaim. Chaim, good morning. Good morning, David. Good morning, David.